here. Wasn't worship amazing this morning? Man, let, let me give you a little secret about worship. If you'll spend time with God during the week, worship on Sunday is easy. But if you don't spend time with him during the week, it can be, it can be difficult sometimes. So uh, I'm glad you're here. You know, I was thinking about in the last two or three months, all of us have heard things about ISIS. You know, ISIS is the radical Islamic group in the Middle East. And they're just the latest group, if you will, of evil men uh, in the world. They're just that latest group of militants who have demonic uh, ideas about the world and the way things ought to be. And, you know, if we would go back in history, uh, you know, we could talk about whether we talked about the communists or we talked about the, you know, the Nazis or whoever we talked about. Anytime you mention those groups, uh, innocent people are killed. And uh, I saw on the news just over the last few months, I know many of you have too, uh, that ISIS has killed men, women, and children uh, they've executed children, and uh, and it's terrible. It's terrible. And it, it grieves your heart, and you think, my gosh, what's going on? Uh, sometimes you can even think, where's God? You know, why are these things happening? And uh, I know one of the things that helps me is to know and understand that we live in a broken world. We live in a, in a world that's tainted by sin, not because of what God has done, but because of what we've done. Well, I want to read to you this morning... sometimes an overlooked part of the Christmas story. And I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to read several verses, and I just want to read you a story, and then I want to comment on it. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, Matthew 2, excuse me, verse 1. says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And then he quotes it. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judea, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Now, if you were here last week, I talked about what Mary and Joseph went through as they discovered that she was pregnant with Jesus. And so they knew where the Messiah was supposed to be born, but they didn't think that it would come the way that it did. Let me continue to read. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. He told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they'd seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, just for information's purposes, this didn't all happen when Jesus was born. 
Okay, Jesus is probably about two years old. So this is a couple of years down the road. It says, they entered the house and saw the child with Mary, with Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. They fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. If you would, please put up the first picture that I have. I have a picture that I want to show you. It's called the Massacre of the Innocents. Now, think about how we've taken the Christmas story and we've almost rewritten it. And we've made it all pretty and all sweet and all wonderful and amazing. And we have hot chocolate with marshmallows. And uh, we put out our nativity scenes. And we put out Santa Claus in the front yard. And, and we've almost rewritten the story. This is one of the most haunting pictures that I've seen in a long time. The title of it is The Massacre of the Innocents. Herod commits genocide. All right, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. The wise men come through. They've been watching the stars. They figure that it's been about two years since they've seen the star. It took them that long to get there. They go by the palace. Of course, when you're looking for a king, you go to the palace, right? So they go to the palace, and they say, hey, where's this king? And Herod's like, what king? I'm, I'm the king. Well, the king who's going to be king of the Jews, we've come to worship him. Where is he? Well, he gathers the prophets, he gathers the leaders, and they say, well, hey, you know, it says in the scripture that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So Herod says, well, hey, when you get there, you call me and let me know where he is so I can come and worship him. When in actuality, what does he want to do? Well, he wants to murder him. He wants to murder him. So an angel, they send the wise men, and it says they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's where we get the idea that there were three of them is because they brought three gifts. And like I said, this has happened after the birth. Jesus could be anywhere from 12 months to 18 months to two years old. And they go and they worship him. And then an angel says, hey, don't go back and tell Herod anything. Leave and go back home another way. So they leave and go back home another way. Herod finds out, and I love what it says in this story. I don't love it, but uh, it says that he's furious. He's furious. He's furious. And he sends soldiers to Bethlehem and to the area, and he doesn't know exactly how old Jesus is. And so he sends soldiers, and anywhere there's a baby boy two years or under, they kill him. They commit genocide. 
And so every mother that had a baby two years old and under has been killed. Think about how that's not in our Christmas plays, right? You know, when we put our nativity scenes out in our yard, we don't sprinkle dead babies in the yard. And I'm not trying to be graphic or rude. I, I just want you to understand how we've sanitized the story. And it, I want you to understand how the devil wanted Jesus dead. We've kind of rewritten the story. The next thing I'd like to read to you is I want to back up a little bit to Matthew 2. If you'd put up Matthew 2, 13 and 14. It says, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Stay there until I tell you return because Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. Would you put up the second picture, please? It says, then that night Joseph left to Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. All right, now this, the title of this picture is called, let me find it, it's called The Birth of Christ. Okay, here's what happens. The night before the massacre of the innocents, Joseph is warned in a dream. And I love what it says in that scripture. It says the angel said, get up, get up. They're asleep at night, get up. And he uses the word flee. All right, think about how you slept in your house last night with no fear. Now, I'm not saying you might not have heard a bump or the cat might have knocked over something and you thought you were afraid, but you didn't sleep in your house afraid of soldiers or afraid of someone knocking on your door and dragging you out to the yard. You didn't sl- I was thinking about that last night. When I laid down in my home last night in my bed, I slept with no fear of the government, no fear of the military, and I slept safe and sound in my bed. They're asleep at night, an angel appears to them and says, get up, get up, you got to get out of here. Imagine if I called your house last night at one in the morning when you answered the phone all groggy and you heard me say, get up, get out of your house. What? 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 There's soldiers on the way to kill your children. Get up. Well, of course, we wouldn't do that because, we, you know, you almost think, what, what are you talking about, Right? What are you talking about? Can you put up the third picture for me? This is called the flight to Egypt. Last week I was watching a news show and they were talking about the people from Palestine, Syria, and Iraq. Palestine, Syria, and Iraq who are fleeing into Jordan right now today. I think it's ironic and amazing how what was going on then is still going on today that the Middle East is still the same as it was 2,000 years ago. And I saw a report where families with their children, moms and dads and children, all the way down to little ones that they have to carry, they've left Palestine, they've left Syria because Syria is in a vicious civil war. They've left Iraq because of what's going on with ISIS, and they're fleeing uh, the, the community, or the, they're fleeing into Jordan because Jordan is a safe haven. And I saw a report where they're walking, now this is going to blow your mind, they're walking 300 miles, walking 300 miles through a barren desert with their children to get to the border of Jordan so they have safe haven. And when they get across the border, then they stay in refugee camps. And the camps uh, are not squalor. Now, there are camps throughout the world that are, but that the government's put up tents and they have a feeding program. And these people are fleeing to be protected. That's exactly what Mary and Joseph did. From Bethlehem to Egypt was 200 miles. 
And between there and Egypt, it was nothing but barren desert. Now, the scholars believe that they hooked up with a caravan, and maybe they did. That picture shows no one except them by themselves. Scholars think maybe they hooked up with a caravan, and, you know, they were in hiding, okay? Can you imagine every night when they laid down by the campfire on their 200-mile journey, and they would hear a noise, you, you know, has somebody caught up with us? Herod's looking for them. And he has sent soldiers to try to find them so that he can eliminate this king of the Jews. So they take their refugees. I, I don't know about you, but that just stirs something in my heart. They take this 200-mile journey to Egypt, and they go into Egypt. And the scripture says that the angel spoke to him and said, stay there. And I want you to hide there until, uh, until Herod dies. I wonder how good that was on Joseph's business. Remember, he was a carpenter, made furniture in Nazareth. I wonder if they had a closed until further notice sign on the door, or I wonder if it said closed for remodeling. Uh, I wonder if it said uh, closed following God. I wonder what it said. I'm, I'm just saying, right? I wonder if they hired somebody to take his place. I, I just wonder what happened. Would you agree with me that following God kind of changed their lives a little bit? Now, I'm not picking on you this morning, but it's so stirring in my heart. We want to follow God, but we don't want it to change anything. We don't want to be disrupted in any shape, form, or fashion. I said it last week, and I want to say it again. We want enough Jesus to save us, but not enough to change us. Lord, just bless what I'm doing. Make it work. Right? Now, they didn't pray that. They prayed, Lord, protect us so we don't get killed. Correct? So they take this 200-mile journey. Now, I want to go over to uh, Revelation chapter 12. If you'd put that up for me, please. My iPad has lost its mind. It's not working this morning. Imagine me putting my trust in a computer, huh? Yeah, Revelation chapter 12, starting with verse 1. And I'm going to read 18 verses. Now, here's what I want to read to you, and here's what I want you to see. This is the Christmas story from heaven's perspective. Does that make sense to you? All right. Our perspective of Christmas is Jesus comes, and he does. Heaven's perspective is a little bit different. So I'm going to read it to you off the screen. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. Would you agree Jesus coming has great significance? I saw a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon beneath her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Silent night. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, let me keep reading. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all the nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. That kind of changes your idea about heaven, doesn't it? You ever thought about how there was war in heaven? We don't think about heaven like that, right? You think about them little fat chubby guys with little harps on clouds, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Little angels? No, no, there was war. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Where's the devil? Where's the devil? Right here. Yeah, not here in this service, but here on this planet. Amen? (laughs) Then I heard a loud voice shout across the heavens, It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. Thanks a lot, God. The one who accused them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much they were afraid to die. Now, can you, st- can you go back to 11? I'm sorry. That's a description of us. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much they were afraid to die. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you'll save it. All right, go ahead and go to the next verse. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Another translation says he's furious. When the dragon realized he'd been thrown down to the earth, don't you love that? When he hit, you know, it's like you ever seen the movie Thor? Thor's trying to figure out where he's at. How many of you have seen that movie, Right. Yeah, that girl says, he's like, am I on earth, right? That's exactly what the devil did. He's trying to figure, it must have knocked him in the head when he landed. When the dragon realized he'd been thrown to earth, he pursued the woman who'd given birth to the male child. That's a reference to Jesus. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and a half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Did you realize that war has been declared on you? Doesn't that help answer some of the stuff going on in your life? Doesn't it? Doesn't doesn't it help? It helps me immensely. You know how we're frustrated with God because we just want everything to go our way. The only problem is war has been declared on you. Did you know you live in the midst of a war? A lot of times as Christians, we don't know it. And the dragon, yeah, there we go. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea would you put up the next picture please the title of this is the great red dragon and the woman clothed with the sun isn't that an amazing picture now listen to what this says christmas is an invasion the kingdom of god striking at the heart of the kingdom of darkness with violent repercussions to understand this helps us understand 
why things are the way they are. Now, here's what I want to do this morning. My job, I'll, my job is always two things every Sunday. I'm here to do two things. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That's what I'm here to do. So I just want to disrupt you this morning. And I want you to see Christmas for what it really is. Is it beautiful? Absolutely. Is it amazing? Absolutely. Do you know the most offensive thing to a Jew in the world is that God would take on flesh? To them, it's incomprehensible that God would take on flesh. Now, flesh wants to be a God, but God never wants to take on flesh. And they, and they can't get their head around it. Is the story amazing? Absolutely, it's amazing. But there was death, there was fleeing, there was hiding, there was destruction. Heaven, uh, heaven invaded earth at Christmas time to do one thing, save us. Save us, right? I've been listening to 94.1 and listening to Christmas music and how Satan has no power because Jesus has come. Amen? All right, let me read you a quote by Mr. Tolkien. Mr. Tolkien warned, it does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. Let me read it to you again. It does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. Uh, Newsflash, you live near him. You live near him. Listen, God loves you, but we also have an enemy. I'm so thankful that Jesus came to earth, aren't you? I'm so thankful he came. Listen to the two greatest events in the Bible. The greatest event in the Old Testament is God rescuing Israel from Egypt. God rescuing them from Pharaoh. The other great event in the New Testament, of course, is Jesus going to the cross and the mystery of his crucifixion and how he did that for us. So as you you have Christmas this year, all right, here's what I want you to do if you have a nativity scene out. I want you to go somewhere and find a dragon. Not a real one, of course. But I want you to go find one and put it in your nativity scene. That'll mess up your neighbors, won't it? Wouldn't that mess up your neighbors? Right, they'd come over. Dude, what are you doing here? It's not Halloween. Yeah, right, it's not Halloween, right? Listen, thank God for Jesus. Thank God I've been delivered from the power of darkness, amen? Amen, y'all stand up and let's pray. Let me read you that quote one more time. It does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. Father God, thank you this morning. For your love. Thank you for the invasion of love into the earth that you sent your only son to take on flesh and that he came to ransom us from darkness. He came to deliver us, and I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Father, help us to see the truth and the reality of your kingdom and that you do love us. You did come to save us and rescue us and that we turn our hearts towards you this Christmas season. Father, I'm thankful in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your weekend.